I don't know what is happening to me. All I know is that it is happening. Tonight on The CW. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? It's the incredible new series from Ava DuVernay. You have power I have never felt before. This is real, whether you believe it or not. I just want to be normal. You're not normal. You, Naomi McDuffie, are exceptional. Naomi, the can't-miss series premiere tonight on The CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50, Washington CW. Your city, your podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Back to the Burks, presented by the Podhub Network. My guest today is the nephew of a Pittsburgh sports broadcasting legend, and he's working on building his own legacy behind the camera. From Upper St. Clair, please welcome Tim Oxenreiter. Tim, what's up? What's up, man? How's it going? It's going, man. Dude, I'm really excited for this interview. I told yeah. you beforehand I'm going to geek out because <laughs> we're both in like the same space, like Absolutely. with video production and all that. So um, before we get into that, let's talk about your upbringing and let's just get it right out of the way. Growing up with Albie Oxenreiter as your uncle, what was that like? It was awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, you know, Honestly, like a lot of what I do now is from going to the studio and, you know, just like watch him on TV. I think from a young age, I saw how much fun he had. And uh, I knew that I just wanted to do something that I loved and something that I enjoyed every day. So, uh, yeah, it was awesome. You know, everyone, everyone always assumes he's my dad, uh, but he's, he's my uncle. But it's, it, was, it was cool growing up with him. So, yeah, no, I, uh, I got to meet him. We, they do like the skylights or whatever at Heinz yep. Field. In my senior year, they, they do like the interview thing. And they're they're looking for people to interview on my football team. And they were going to do like the captains or whatever. And like, I guess I wasn't a captain at the time. But uh, one of the kids was like, I don't want to talk in front of a camera. Like they were just like, yeah, I'm not comfortable doing yeah, that. I was like, I'll do it. Like, <laughs> throw me in front of there. So I got to I got to meet your uncle. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, I'll be Oxenwriters interviewing yeah. Yeah, dude, I remember those skylights with like John Fedko and, and yeah, yeah, Fedko was awesome. I used yeah. to, it was what like late Friday nights. Yeah, he would go up. That was before I even got into high school. I would watch Fedko Zone. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It yeah, I so remember. I, I went to Central, so I would go to the Central games, come back, turn on skylights, and just watch all the other games. It was a blast. But, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's something. That's like a deep seated memory in my childhood watching the Fed Coast zone. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'll always associate that with like Woodfield football. Absolutely. Yeah. So now let's get more into you. Um, you're from Upper St. Clair. What, what's there to do in Upper St. Clair? I mean, I'm not really from that area. I'm more from Beaver County. So uh, to be honest, I mean, it's just like a typical suburb of Pittsburgh. There's not like, you know, you'll go to the local mall and stuff, you know, all that yeah. uh, kind of stuff. But uh, I mean, it's, it's probably about 20 minutes from downtown Pittsburgh. So we would go downtown a lot. Um, yeah, you know, just your typical suburb of Pittsburgh, just finding, you know, local parks and stuff. Uh, but yeah, we, we had some fun. So did you and your friends have like a, a little hangout you'd go to? Like, is, this is the spot, this is where we always go to? So we did. So I actually, I went to a Catholic grade school growing up. So I had a lot of friends who were not from Upper St. Clair. Uh, okay. Some guys from like Bethel Park. Um, one buddy lived in Crafton. So we would kind of bounce around to each other's houses, uh, which was cool because now I have a lot of other friends from like Bethel and Crafton in, in that area. Um, but yeah, I mean, we would just kind of hang out at each other's house. Uh, 
we actually made like a lot of videos back in the day, just like stupid skits. So that's yeah. kind of also where the video production uh, love grew. Um, but yeah, man, it was it was cool uh, seeing different areas of Pittsburgh. And I've gone to Catholic school since I was a kid. Like even I went to Central Catholic, like I said. So like even in high school, I would kind of bounce around different townships in the area, which is cool. Like looking back on it, because now I kind of have a, an appreciation for uh, different spots in the burg. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to get into um, your bio on your website. You yeah. picked up a camera at 12 years old. I, I, I would say I kind of did the same, but I think you did a little more with it than I did. Uh, what was that experience like getting exposed to it at such a young age? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was awesome. Because back then, you know, there weren't really like cell phones or at least the cell phones that you had didn't have good cameras. So, yeah. you know, to me, like that, that first video camera, that, that was it. You know, that's how I learned how to do everything. Um, and just, I think just like seeing yourself on camera as a kid was really cool. And just, you know, we would joke around a lot. And like I said, a lot of the videos we made were just like stupid stuff. And it's, it's something that we would record and, and we would think it was the funniest thing in the world and we'd just go back and watch it over and over again. So I think, you know, from a young age, I kind of just fell in love with making content, um, whether it's just stupid stuff or, or funny skits. Um, I just fell in love with doing that kind of stuff. And then as I got older, I kind of got in more involved in editing and actual production stuff and lighting and audio and, and kind of, you know, the, the fine tuning of video production. But yeah, it all started, uh, I think, when I was like 11 or 12 years old back in grade school with my buddies just goofing off in front of the camera. Yeah, and like I, looking back, I did the same thing. And it's like, we did all that work. And like, if we, if we had that footage now, now that we know how to edit, we can like do all this yeah. stuff. We could probably make some pretty funny stuff out of that. <laughs> oh, dude, absolutely. And, and that's, that's also what's cool about it. Like, my buddy still has all the videos that we made back in oh, like sixth grade. So we, we go back every once in a while, just watch those. And it's it, a lot of it's cringeworthy. It's like, oh, we were, were we really bad, <laughs> annoying as kids. But it's fun just to kind of see how much we've grown and, and see how much fun we had. Because um, like I said, that was kind of pre-cell phone era. So, um, yeah. you know, it was, it was cool just to see how we made our own fun and, and uh, how far we've come since those days. You know, speaking of cell phones, and since they're so prevalent in like the content creating like of today, yeah. what was your first cell phone? Dude, my first cell phone, I think, was a Razor. <laughs> nice. I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure that was my first cell phone. Then I got one of those, uh, I think like two or three years after that, where they kind of slide up in the keyboards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget yeah. the name of it, uh, but then I finally got it into the iPhone world shortly after that, but yeah. Yeah, I remember I it was Christmas morning. I got my first cell phone. Don't remember. I, I was in fourth grade. So whatever, however old we were then, but I had the choice between a razor, which like me being in fourth grade, didn't realize that's like the coolest phone ever. Yeah. Time. Right. Yeah. It was between that and this bulky, like oval shaped phone, but it lit up on the front. So I was like, Oh, that's really cool. It had a really bad camera on it. Yeah. You know? Is that one of the ones where the keyboard was like underneath, like you would slide it up and then there would be... No, the this up. was like, it looked, it basically was a track phone, but it wasn't a track phone. <laughs> yeah. Like it flipped up. It was real bulky. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy to think. I mean, I remember like texting on the Razor was the old school texting where you'd have to hit the button like four times to get the letter you want. Yeah. It's, it's wild to think about, but uh, yeah, man, back in the day, the Razors were... 
they were the coolest thing. So I remember being so hyped whenever I got one, but it's funny to, to look back and. Yeah, exactly. Like myself, I'll look back and I'll be like, wow, I could have been the cool kid with a razor, but I decided <laughs> with the oval phone that lit up. <laughs> yeah. It was probably a lot more adorable though. You could probably like drop it. And it, it, those old, those old phones, man, they're like, absolutely throw them at walls and they'd still work it was like it went like the nokia phone and then this thing like <laughs> when it came to protection yeah i love it so um let's talk about in high school so i know myself that's where i really got exposed to like broadcasting and like yeah making videos and editing was, was that the same thing for you or did you pick it up on your own a little bit more yeah, I mean, uh, I think once I got into like eighth grade, that's when I really started to edit. Um, but a lot of the editing stuff I would do would be my own footage that I went out and shot. I didn't really know how to like make highlight, like rip YouTube videos of like Steelers or Penguins or Pirates. So I think I figured that out like my freshman year. And to me, that just opened up a whole new world like that. That was groundbreaking. And then that's when I really got involved into editing. You know, I'd make highlight videos for the Steelers, Pens. Um, and put it to music and that that's when I really fell in love with editing as a whole um, and then from there it's just kind of teaching myself trial and error trying different things and then when I got into college kind of those two avenues just kind of came all together uh, shooting and editing and, and that's when I got a little more involved with like After Effects and doing special effects and you know just getting more involved in that kind of stuff. Yeah absolutely so yeah, like in high school, I remember myself, like I started out like ninth grade was when we had broadcast journalism. Yeah. And like, it wasn't even broadcast journalism. It was, all right, for a week, you're going to work on a video and then it's just to be like a skit, a sketch, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then we're going to throw it up on Fridays. And it's like, that was, we lived for that, you know? Like, like in front of the whole school? Like, yeah. Cause yeah. So we had like a closed circuit, yeah. like television yeah. thing. Yeah. And it was like, it, we called it the WECO, W-E-K-O. That's awesome. <laughs> and it was like, it was supposed to be every Friday, but it ended up being like every other Friday. And then uh -huh. like the last 15 minutes of class, it would go up and it would like, everybody was glued to that TV, especially if it was good content. And like, that's what you wanted was like, yeah, who's going to have the best content this week? And it's like, right. some people took it serious and some people were like, I'm just taking this class because I have to, <laughs> you know? Dude, that's awesome. I could, yeah, I, I would love that. Totally felt like such a big shot whenever your uh, videos were playing too in front of the whole school. Well, you felt like a big shot when people liked your video. Yeah, there you go. Because then sometimes you'd sit there. It's like me, if I was editing that video, like if I put my heart and soul into it, yeah. I'd just sit back and see what people had to say about it. Uh -huh. hear people like, what was this? Like, what was this supposed to be? And you're like, oh my God, like, yeah. <laughs> just soul ripped out. You're like, oh my God, so much hard work. Yeah, that's always the uh, hard part of video production. You know, when, when your work is being played and you're looking around for reactions because people in the crowd don't know how much time goes into certain things or, or what it took to get that shot. And then you're like waiting for people to appreciate it, but they might not just, you know, it's no fault to theirs. They just don't understand, yeah, you know? Absolutely. But, yeah, that's cool, man. That's good. So um, moving on to college, I suppose. You said you went to St. Vincent. Yes. Um, PAC represent. Uh, got my Bethany thing up there. Um, did you did you go there to play lacrosse? Like, did you get recruited? Or was yeah. it like, I'm going to walk on? No, I got recruited. Okay. So 
what was that experience like? Because, like, I know what the experience was at, like, at Bethany for the lacrosse team because, like, I was kind of close with those guys. But what was it like for you? It was awesome. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, our team, we had some good years, some some mediocre years. But it was, I mean, everyone there was awesome. It was a great time. Uh, my, I think it was my junior year we won the pack. So that was kind of the, the highlight of my college lacrosse career. Um, but it was a blast, you know. Uh, it wasn't quite like D1 or D2 as far as how many hours you had to put into it. It was like the perfect amount for me. Um, you know, you, you, you had fall ball and stuff in the off season, but that wasn't too stringent. And then came come springtime, uh, you know, your, your typical like two, three hours a day dedicated to lacrosse, which, you know, honestly helped me balance my academics a little better because uh, I kind of had a strict schedule I had to follow. So it was good. Uh, yeah, I have nothing but great things to say about my lacrosse experience at St. Vincent. Yeah, and like, so, uh, so this since this podcast is originally like sports based, like we're gonna, yeah. I want to d- dive into lacrosse a little bit. And we talked about this before the interview that lacrosse is very young in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And what do you think about the development of the interest of lacrosse in Pittsburgh and in the U.S. in general? Yeah, I mean, I. I started playing lacrosse, I think, in fifth grade, and I was the only kid in my school who played because I went, like I said, I went to Catholic grade school. So I played for Upper St. Clair, and I was like the only kid who played lacrosse, and most of my classmates had no idea what it was. But my dad actually played lacrosse at St. Vincent, so that's how I got introduced. And since I started in fifth grade, it's amazing to see how much it's grown. I mean, like when I when I started playing in grade school you know, there are probably 10 teams in the Whippeal. Now it's like almost every high school has a team. And you're right, you know, Pittsburgh, it is young in Pittsburgh because you'll go to Maryland or Philly or Virginia and you'll see how good these teams are and how many teams they have. And, uh, but it's, it's good to see that it's grown in Pittsburgh and I think it's just going to keep taking off. Um, you know, I, I've never been a huge baseball fan. Uh, yeah. And I think, you know, um, I just think there's a big contrast between baseball and lacrosse in terms of uh, how it's played and, and the enjoyment of watching it. Uh, I'm, like I said, I'm a little biased, but I just think, you know, as the years go on, it's going to get more and more popular. And uh, kids, I mean, the, the youth numbers in lacrosse are skyrocketing. So I think as this, those kids grow up and have families uh, and they'll have kids that play, and, and I think it's just going to keep growing from there. Yeah, I think it used to be just like nobody gave it a chance. You know, they were right. like, "What? What is this? Is like right. hockey on on grass? Like that's not fun." It's like this is actually probably one of the most entertaining games you can watch. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> it, it is it is a little bit you know confusing uh, for people who have never seen it. So I think that's kind of the challenge lacrosse has to face is it's a little a little different. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it kind of is just like hockey hockey on grass and. Recently, they've introduced like a shot clock, which I think will make it even more entertaining and, and a little bit faster. Um, so, yeah, I think just as, as kids get older and, and keep playing and then, like I said, they'll, they'll have their own kids who play, hopefully, and it just keeps growing from there. So uh, it's, it's good to see, man. I, I get excited every time I turn the TV and, and see lacrosse on ESPN or on NBC. So I'm excited that it's finally getting some, some national TV time. But uh, yeah, absolutely. So what, what are you, I want to know your thoughts on lacrosse from the national stage and the pro stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the PLL just merged or the MLL just merged with the PLL. 
Yeah. Um, and they added the cannons as a team. What What's your thoughts on that? Because the MLL was around for a while. It was, yeah. Yeah, the MLL, like when I was growing up, that's what I would watch on TV um, was the MLL. And I was, I was excited when the PLL started. I was a little nervous. Uh, I, I wasn't sure how it would be received, but they've done really, really well. And I think joining forces with the MLL is just going to make it even stronger because now rather than the two separate leagues kind of fighting with each other, it's good just to have everyone joining forces. Um, and I think, you know, college lacrosse is, is getting more popular. So I think as that gets more popular, uh, that helps the image of the PLL because you'll have those uh, former college athletes going into the PLL and, and promoting the sport. Um, so their fans from college will hopefully become fans of the PLL. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited. I think it's, it was a great move for them to, to do that. And they, I just saw they got a deal with Peacock, uh, which is going to help them out a lot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, like I said, I was a little nervous when they first started, but I think they, they uh, proved me wrong and I've been doing really well. So. Yeah, no, I've been on the PLL train since the beginning. Like it's, I'm getting chills thinking about it right now. Cause it's just like, <laughs> yeah. it was so exciting. And then I was, I was nervous whenever the pandemic hit. Yeah. I think right. we'd be able to do a season, but the, they did the mm. championship series. Yeah. That, that was probably some of the best lacrosse I've ever watched. And oh, I, yeah. it's just like every day, like they're doing like, Oh my God, it was so much fun to watch. Yeah. And they, I mean, they have a great social media team too. Like I, I follow them on Twitter and Instagram and stuff and, the content they've put out, you know, it's, it's tremendous. And I, I think that is going to help lacrosse a lot is, is, you know, getting out there and pushing the message to the younger generation who's on Instagram and who's on Twitter and just showing people how, how much fun lacrosse is. Cause I think especially the younger generation doesn't really watch a whole lot of, uh, I don't know if they really watch a lot of lacrosse on TV. So I think just, just kind of appealing to those younger kids through social media is going to help the league a lot. Yeah. Like I, I like to think that sometimes people see my interest in lacrosse and like, since I never played, mm -hmm. but I'm so interested in it that I could like help grow the game. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. It's the fan yeah. base. Right. Like I, I, like I told you, I, I announced in college and like, I was literally learning the game as I was announcing it. Uh huh. And like, the, probably the first season that I announced, it was like, I would stop sometimes be like, okay, I don't know why we have a stoppage here, but we have a stoppage. Oh, exactly. it's a turnover. Yeah. Yeah. And like, the parents thought it was hilarious. Like they would all reach out <laughs> and be like, this kid's great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the other thing. A lot of the parents didn't even really know much about lacrosse either because they, you know, it's a newer sport. So they didn't really grow up playing it or, or watching it a lot. So it is cool to see people who have never experienced the sport get into it and, and be like, wow, this is, you know, this is a good time. And uh, like, like I said, I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I think the two can coexist. You know, I like, yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of watching baseball, but I appreciate its history. And I think, I always kind of got a little upset with the lacrosse versus baseball rivalry because I think they're just two completely different sports and they can coexist and, and both be successful and, you know, people can enjoy both sports. That's the other thing is I didn't even know there was a rivalry there. So, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least from my experience. Yeah, they, I mean, they happened in the same season. So exactly. I see, yeah, yeah, that was the, that was a big thing. You kind of had to choose one or the other. Like I played baseball up until uh, fifth grade and then I, switched over to lacrosse and very few people play both because it's in the same season so yeah a little bit of a rivalry but like I said I mean I think the two can coexist 
Yeah. Now let's get back into your stuff. Uh, speaking of lacrosse, I really liked the, you did a video for like National Lacrosse Day or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, was a really cool video. I liked that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I made that a couple years ago for the uh, lacrosse network. Um, yeah, it was just kind of a passion project that I did and I sent it off to them and they posted it on their outlets. And yeah, it was, it was a cool project to work on. Yeah, and then digging into your your content and everything that you've done, I saw that you did an internship with NFL Films. I did. Yeah. That's huge. First off, yep. <laughs> second yep. off, what was it like? <laughs> oh, it was it was a dream come true. Uh, I grew up watching NFL Films religiously, um, and I didn't think I had any chance to get the internship. And it was just you know when you kind of just apply to a place, like oh, what the hell, I'll, I'll try it out that was kind of my mindset and I got a call back and had an interview. And then next thing I know I was out at NFL films in New Jersey and it was awesome. Like it, it was such a great learning experience and I met so many great people there. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's really, really what took my video production to the next level. Cause you know, when you're in college, you're doing basic stuff, but NFL films, it's just a whole nother philosophy, you know, they're, they're so specific about every single cut and every single shot. And it's almost like a science, you know, they're, they're piecing everything together like a puzzle. And it's, it's, you know, a process of saying, does this shot work here? You know, does this help move the story along? So I think that was kind of the first time I really looked at film at sports production as film um, and, and really started thinking critically about every single shot and every single edit and, and, you know, does it have a purpose? Does it help tell your message? Um, so that, I mean, just sitting back there for three, four months and watching the best in the business do their thing and, and helping them out and learning from them was amazing. So it was, it was a great experience. Yeah. So like, what exactly did you do? Because I, whenever I thought NFL films, I was like, okay, he's a Pittsburgh kid. They probably had him working with a Pittsburgh crew. But it sounds like you went to New Jersey and you worked yeah. hand in hand with the editing. So what what exactly were you responsible for? Who were you working with, I guess? Yeah, so I was a production intern. So I, I basically was an assistant editor um, to the producers. So NFL Films, uh, typically there's a producer and then an editor. They're kind of two separate things. But at NFL Films, they call them predators. So they're producers and editors. So they're, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little, little creepy. <laughs> But, um, but the producers are essentially responsible for editing their, their um, piece, which helps, you know, helps a lot because the same people who are out there interviewing and uh, conducting the interviews and conducting the shoots are the ones editing the piece. So they kind of have more, you know, they're, they're a little more involved in the process. And I was an assistant for the show, top 100 players of that year was 2016. So I helped edit some segments for that, um, did some editing on uh, a football life documentaries, um, a lot of finding old footage and going through the libraries, which was sweet. Yeah. Um, you know, it was cool going back and looking at old game footage. I think one of my assignments was like, find the clip of uh, Chad Ochocinco pulling the dollar out of his pocket and giving it to the ref. So I had to like go back and, and find what game that was and pull up the tape and scrub through it and digitize the tape and then send it off to the producer. So it was a lot of grunt work like that, but it was awesome. Cause it was, you know, 
stuff that I love doing and, and I'm a big NFL fan. So it was really cool to just kind of be a part of that process. And like I said, it was a great learning experience and I still keep in touch with the other interns and they're all out doing great things across the country. So yeah, it was, it was really a dream come true working there. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that the producers were the ones also editing because from my own experience, it's hard to have, it's hard to be the one out there getting the footage yeah, trying to get exactly what the person wants because like I, I used to do I didn't do it a lot I did like two weddings for this mm-hmm. guy that I, I knew from he went to my college and he gave me basically an internship but it's like he, he told me he's like okay this is what I want and then like how I translate it is different than how he translates it exactly yeah and I, I like to think that's why I never got called back for a third wedding <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's just like that's a really good thing that a lot of people don't realize is like you guys might think like uh someone who's shooting a video versus someone who's editing the video might be on the same page they might think they are Mm -hmm. but when it comes down to it you're not and it really affects the product that comes out and for nfl films to have that kind of um mindset of like hey if you're gonna shoot this you have to edit it too so that you get your vision that's really cool to have oh yeah yeah i think i think it's just speaks to you know the the quality of work that they're putting out and you know i even in school we we studied nfl films because they're regarded as you know the best sports production team in the country or in the world maybe and you know it i didn't really fully understand how good they were until i got there and i saw their process and the, the type of stuff that they would think about even from like sound design like all those hits and tackles you hear I'd say 90% of those are just from a library of sound effects that they just punch in. Like that just, just how they approach everything really changed the way that I looked at at video production. And I think that's really helped my career out. Um, You know, I was just trying to be like a sponge and and learn as much as I I could. And I think that's helped me out a lot. Yeah. So speaking of your production career, what was the first step outside of college? Because I know you have your own production company now. But what was your first step to getting there? Yeah, so I uh, I worked, so after NFL film, Films, I came back uh, to Pittsburgh and I got a job at 321 Blink. Uh, they're an advertising agency out in Aspenwall. Uh, and I actually still work there doing video production stuff. I kind of do that and Ox Productions uh, kind of at the same time. Um, but that uh, was kind of the next step. Uh, we do a lot of like commercial work, corporate videos, Um, So I was an editor. Well, I started out as a production assistant there, um, kind of worked my way up to become an editor and then a video content creator. So now I go out and I shoot things, edit things, um, pretty much do it all because we're a pretty small company. Um, So that was kind of the next step. And then as the years have gone on, I've kind of transitioned into Ox Productions and and tried to build that brand as much as I could on the side. So um, that's where I am now. Yeah, and I remember I when I started following you in Ox Productions, I was like, this guy's like, this guy's dope. Like, this is what I want to do. <laughs> and it was really cool to follow you and see how far you came from like the, the little skits to yeah. Now you're you're a Benstonium partner. Mm-hmm. I want to get into Benstonium because yeah. I've had a weird not relationship, but a weird like thought of who they are in my head. Yeah. So I want to clarify oh. some things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you're making all this really cool content. And I'm like, this is what I want to do. And that's kind of what drove me through college 
to be like, okay, I want to do like little commercials, little skits, like to promote our stuff. Yeah. My favorite ones was I had my own show that I produced and like made for our uh, college football Saturdays for Bethany. Mm-hmm. and we made a like this is sports center video uh-huh. and it's like that's the classic yeah. like whenever yeah. you have like something sports or something related yeah. to sports yeah. you uh-huh. go with the this is sports center and i was kind of inspired by just you and what you do with your stuff to do that so uh, i don't know where i was going with that i was just kind of geeking out there <laughs> no that's that's cool to hear but, yeah i mean i loved like i said growing up we would do skits and uh to me that was kind of my creative outlet outside of uh, my nine to five, five job was I, I would get back and I would, the wheels would start turning. And I try to think of ways to create viral content um, that would still be, you know, stuff I would enjoy doing. Um, so we did a lot of those, this is sports center uh, parody videos. We did just a bunch of random stuff, but those skits I think are kind of what helped get me on the map. And now I'm kind of at the point in my life where I love doing those skits, but I just don't have the time for them. Yeah. I'm trying to kind of find a way to kind of be geared more into the corporate uh, commercial production. Um, but it's kind of a, a tough thing to balance because like I said, I, to me, like I, I come up with an idea and I can't stop thinking about it and I want to make it instantly. And it's like, you kind of have to, to check yourself and, and think what's going to, be best long-term for, for your company and for the brand. And unfortunately, as I get older, it's kind of, all right, it's time to do some, some work that pays the bills rather than, you know, stuff that makes you laugh. But uh, it's, it's, it's good to be in tune with that kind of stuff. And I think that kind of really helped uh, get me started. So yeah. I was a soft spot for, for those videos. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's really cool to see what you've been doing recently. Like I've seen you do a couple things for Turner's Tea. Like they, I assume they didn't ask you to do it, but it's like you trying to like reach out. It's kind of yeah. like mm-hmm. kind of like a podcaster like myself. Yeah. I I had a run in with Turner's Tea where I was like trying to get them like to notice yeah. my uh-huh. work right. and like yeah. see what I could do. But I think we're seeing that a lot more. And it's like I feel like these big companies are like, we love this because this is free advertisement. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. It's like, hey, we wanna we wanna partner up and do stuff with you. Absolutely. And and I mean like my advice to the younger people starting out in college is that's, I mean, that's how you get better. If you just do your school assignments and you just go through the classes, I mean, yeah, you'll learn stuff. But to me, it was always about going out and trying to make my own stuff. And, you know, it's a win-win if, if it, if Turner's sees it and they want to use it, great. But if not, it's just something to put on your resume, something to help, you know, enhance your skills and get better. Um, so I, w- I was always trying to look for, for ways to just, you know, get better and, and try new things. And, and worst case, it's something you put on your resume. You know, it's, it's always good to go out and try new things. And I think, yeah, like you said, that's, that's same thing for podcasting and media as a whole. Um, you know, I have mad respect for those who just go out and, and do it, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I like hearing that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, looking back, like there was a lot of people, or I, I think just college students in general, if they don't really have the drive, they're not going to have as big of a portfolio as someone like yourself or like some of the people I went to college with who we were working on projects that nobody asked us to work on. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, you just have to find the time to indulge in your creative side mm-hmm. to be able to get more opportunity. And I think that's a lot. I wouldn't say a lot. I'd say probably half 
of the people that go through college nowadays. They're like, okay, I'm just going to get my degree and then I'm going to go work at sport, like work for sports center. It's like, no, you're not. Right. <laughs> you have to exactly. do a little more. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I like, that was my biggest thing in college, like that I had to fight with myself with um, being like, I was our TV station manager and I saw people with so much potential just not doing anything. And I was yeah. like, guys, like we're all in this together. Let's all right. work on this yeah. together. And yeah. It's just going to help you. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, and I think that's the message we have to get out there to the kids that are in college is like, Hey, if you want to do something, get your schoolwork done and go do that thing because it's only right. going to help you. It's never going to hurt you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, even looking back to how I got uh, in with NFL films, the one thing they brought up in my interview was a video I did for fun. I, I, I to be honest, forget what video it, it was, but it was a video I made in college. It might've been either my trick shot video or a, this is sports center parody. And, you know, they, they love the fact that I did that on the side because I think they see that drive and, you know, they understand. Uh, and then even when I got, got there uh, that summer, I had two or three different producers come up to me like, Oh, you're the kid that made that video. You know, and it was just a good feeling to know that people do appreciate the stuff you do uh, on the side. And eventually that will pay dividends. Like you, you just kind of have to have fun with it and try it and, you know, hope for the best. And it, it eventually it will pay off. You just have to be patient. It's just kind of like a long-term investment, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think for a little bit there, you were kind of known as the drone guy. Yeah. You, you got your drone, your pilot's license for your drone. And that's all I was seeing from your, yeah. your feed was yeah. drone pics. And I was like, this is dope. Like there's even yeah. more of the stuff yeah. I want to do. Uh-huh. So like what, what, what goes into the process of getting a drone flying license? <laughs> yeah. So you have to go through the FAA and take uh, an exam for, it's called your part 107 license. Um, it's kind of a long process, uh, a little, a little uh, ridiculous in my opinion, but they're fortunately they're going through the steps of kind of making it easier um, to, to get your license. They're kind of trimming a lot of the fat out of it. Like you had to, know about airspace and weather and radio communications with airports and it was just a lot of stuff um and i had to take a class for it and then i took the test and i mean it it wasn't that bad but uh like i said they're kind of making it easier to get your license um so i did a lot of flying before i got my license which is legal um basically you you only need your license if you're flying commercially so if you're gonna fly and sell your footage or use it for a commercial spot or something. So it's 100% legal to fly as long as you're um, abiding by the rules. It's 100% legal to fly without a license. It's just whenever you go to sell that footage or use it commercially that that you need a license. So I think I I was flying a drone maybe a a year or two before I got my license. And then two years ago, I got it. Um, But yeah, it was was a long process. But there was, believe it or not, nothing um, like it was all a, a test online. There was nothing, you know, how to fly. They weren't like, you didn't, go ha- you didn't have to go and sit in a cockpit. You- <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which to me was a little ridiculous, you know, could be a five-year-old kid for all they know. And if he has his dad check all the boxes, yeah. online, you know, but, um, but no, it was cool. Um, that was kind of a big relief because you have so many people on YouTube and online. Oh, do you have a license? And they don't understand the rules and what goes into it. But it's nice now that I have it. Uh, it feels like there's a little bit less pressure. Um, 
whenever I'm flying my drone. So yeah, and see, I I didn't know that. I wish somebody had told me that because I'd have a drone by now. Yeah. (laughs) Because my my conception of it was, or my understanding of it was, for you to even have this thing, you need to have a license. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I've flown a drone before, and I felt like I was doing something illegal. Yeah. But like, yeah, I didn't know it was like I I could just have one you know yeah and that's that's the sad part is a lot of people that's that's what they think and it's it's i feel bad because like i i just think a lot of the a lot of the um stuff is a little ridiculous and you know thankfully they're changing the way they're approaching it because i think they're understanding that there's a lot of people who want to do it just for fun and, and they're not doing it commercially so they're trying to kind of merge both both lanes and and make it easier and more accessible for people so um hopefully the next few years i've been reading a lot of stuff that they're you know tweaking that um that kind of philosophy so hopefully in the next few years it's a lot easier for for people to fly drones yeah now let's get into benstonium and what those guys are all about yeah i was introduced to benstonium through like their highlight videos and then i dug a little deeper and they have like their their sketches their skits Mm -hmm. and famously the Mike Tomlin interview. Yeah. That's probably the best one they've ever done, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, that, that was phenomenal. That was, I think that was their first video, actually, or their first yeah. viral video. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, back when I was at NFL Films, um, again, this was just kind of doing stuff on the side. Um, I was making a Steelers highlight video, like in my free time, and I was sending it off to people, and I was kind of trying to apply for jobs in Pittsburgh, and I sent it off to Ben Sonium. And like I said, back in high school, I made a lot of those highlight videos and I would always see their videos and they were kind of like the premier um, highlight video makers, you know? Yeah. Um, so I always kind of looked up to, to their account and I sent it off to them and I asked if they were hiring and they said they weren't really hiring full time, but you know, I could be a, essentially a media uh, contributor if I wanted to. So they asked for some of my other work and I sent some stuff off and then that, fall I think it was 2016 uh, I teamed up with them to make a Pittsburgh Steelers highlight video and then that was kind of like my first video as a media contributor and then since then I've, I've met Chris in person Chris uh, Benson the owner of Benstonia I've met him in person and we've kind of had numerous conversations just about um, how we can do work that benefits each other um, so sometimes he'll use my Pittsburgh drone footage in, in his videos um, sometimes I'll just go out, make a video, send it to him, and it's good for him because it's content for him, and it's good for me because he has a much larger fan base. So we just kind of found ways that um, you know can can help grow each of our brands um, and make things easier for us. So yeah, I do. I haven't really done uh, a whole lot for Benstonium recently just because I've been busy with other projects, but I'll try to get at least one or two Sealer videos every year, some Penn stuff. Um, but he's been awesome. I mean, he's, he's really helped me grow my brand and he's been very cool about attaching the Ox Productions name to it. And he has no ego whatsoever about, Oh, it has to say Benstonium. And he's just been, he's been a blessing and, and he's really helped me grow a lot. So um, yeah, I remember growing up Benstonium, they were, they were the stuff, man. I would, I would always look yeah, up. To exactly. It's yeah. like, that's like what I don't understand what they really are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so, it, I, I don't, I don't fully uh, understand it either. In all honesty, um, I know Chris. I, I think it's kind of more of like a, a thing on the side. I could yeah. be wrong, um, but I know he 
you know, they have clients like they, they were a lot of those videos they made early on, I, I think were sponsored by like iron city beer. Yeah. Um, so they, they, and they've done some stuff with uh, DK in Pittsburgh. Um, so I don't, like I said, I don't fully understand either. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they do great stuff. But Hey, we love them. So yeah, exactly. keep doing yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know? Exactly. Yeah. Chris is a good guy. He, uh, like I said, he, he was a big help and, and he helped me help me out a lot so yeah so to round out this interview i want to i want oh wow voice <laughs> crack that was that's the first time that's happened on this podcast wow, <laughs> wow. no worries <laughs> anyway <laughs> to round this out what where are you growing towards what what is something that you want your brand to grow into that it isn't already yeah um that's a really good question and it's something that i think about a lot um like i said transitioning from the skits to the drone stuff to the corporate stuff basically uh the end goal is just to be a really good video production company and and i i would like to be the um premier video production company in pittsburgh um and that's that doesn't mean you know, I have 50 employees. That just means that I'm known for, for doing some of the best work in the area. And I've, I've worked with brands that I really like working with, um, you know, and I just make great content. So to me, um, from a business standpoint, I just trying to keep growing the, the business into something that can help pay the bills and, and something that eventually I could do full time. Um, and and I, I work with people I love working with. And then personally, as a, as a, Another goal is just to wake up every day doing something that I love doing. Uh, that's always kind of been my mindset, uh, even through college. You know, you you were you studied uh, communication or media, so you, you would always get those comments from people. Oh, like that's not even a real major, or you know, that's yeah. <laughs> like, they even do any work. But to me, like I always wanted to do something that I love doing. Um, so the end goal is just to to keep doing that and to wake up every day. Uh, following, you know, my passions and, and what I enjoy doing. And I want to, I want to comment on that about the college thing. I think people think thought that we weren't doing work because we actually enjoyed what we were doing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would always get so irritated, you know, from those comments. Cause like, who cares? Like do what you want to do. You know, like I was never one to, I was never good at math or science and I never really wanted to sit behind a desk and crunch numbers all day. Yep. And it's funny now looking back at those, those comments, because I still have a smile on my face every day at work. And I, I mean, I do stuff on the weekends, weeknights, just cause I love what I'm doing and I'm trying to grow my brand. And it's kind of funny to see those type of people just going to their nine to five and just kind of living the cookie cutter world, which there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just, it's just funny to see how things change over the years. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. It's like, it's fun to bring business and pleasure into one place. And I think, yeah, exactly. I think that's what we've been able to do with our right. careers and right. other people have been able to do that as well. Yeah. And it's just having that perspective on it. So, yeah, like I said, I always, I always um, have a soft spot and get really fired up and excited for, you know, people like yourselves and the guys from around the 412 who are doing great. Yeah, absolutely. All the other content creators out there. Cause I know, you know, those people are just like me. We just like having fun and chasing our dreams and doing what we love to do. So it's always good to see 
people are out there doing that kind of stuff and uh, Pittsburgh's a better place because of it for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the biggest things is we're just doing it because we like doing it. Like I don't get paid to do this podcast. This is just exactly. a passion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, like not everybody's as lucky as you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Tim, thank you for coming on. Uh, everybody please go follow Tim on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, go subscribe to his YouTube. <laughs> Go everywhere, follow this guy. Oh, geez, I just hit something on my desk. But <laughs> go follow this guy. He's doing amazing work, and it's only going to get better. Uh, Tim, I want to thank you so much for coming on. This has been a blast. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I, I really appreciate it. Keep doing the good work, man. Hey, thanks. I appreciate it, man. Have a good one. Yep, have a good one. See you again.